Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Thank you so much for your generosity. Um, I love uh, that video, um, Hope Partners. Um, we did not start Hope Partners. I know there's a name there. There's a, you're like, oh, maybe that must be, must be with us. But the, the word hope is out there so much because I think people are looking for hope. And um, so, so many organizations grab that word hope. And so um, I love what we're doing around the world. One of my desires has always been as a church to be a church that never sleeps, that literally is pouring into communities all around the world. So today that was uh, one of our partners um, there, that Hope Partners, and they're all over the place as you saw in that video today, but we're super, super, super thankful for them. But while we have to serve, while we get to, while we want to, we wanna do Acts 1-8, the Bible says to go into several places, and it says into the uttermost parts of the earth. It also says to go right here in your, in your Jerusalem and Judea, like local and global. And so I, I had came from a church that was very, very global, not a lot of local, and so I knew when we launched church that we wanted to be local and everything in between. And so um, Josh is here. Can you guys welcome Josh today with us today from Freeway? <clears throat> Josh is married to Alex. And um, we didn't tell you guys this before, but some of you guys, Alex is a familiar face. You guys, Alex, intern, she was our first ever intern like three years ago. And um, this is Josh. Josh, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, Josh, tell everyone uh, what Freeway Ministries does. Yeah, so um, we are with Freeway Ministries. We are a ministry that partners alongside the local church. Freeway Ministries does not exist without the local church. It is so important. We believe that we don't want to be our own thing. We don't want to just be a, a, a ministry that uses a building one time a week and says, see you later. So we're a recovered ministry. We meet on non-traditional church nights. So a Friday or Saturday night, we have a free hot meal, free clothing bank, free transportation, free childcare. Any excuse that you say you can't get there, we'll say, hey, we'll take care of those excuses to get you here. And once you're here, it's essentially a church service. So we reach the lost, the broken, those in addiction, those in recovery, homeless, the unchurched. And our goal is to be a bridge from the street, from the recovery world, from the unchurched into the local church. And we say, hey, we want to see you get on Sunday. And what we do, we have a worship service just like this. I mean, we open with worship, we preach a message, and then we have an altar call because we believe anytime the message is preached, we should have opportunity to respond to that. And that is it. We, we are a Christ-centered, discipleship-based recovery program that believes that it's the gospel of Christ and discipleship that can break every chain of addiction no matter Come what on. that looks like. Come on. Yeah. I, I think sometimes the church, sometimes the church helps and sometimes the church hurts. You know, we, sometimes we, do, we, we mean well, but sometimes it, we don't always come across. But um, we've done ministry. This church has done ministry all around the world. You can get people off drugs, and that's awesome. That's important. But what they do is they help them get on Jesus. And so you gotta do, you gotta do both. And so, and same thing, and the verse that, the reverse that also, someone can get saved, but if they're out in the streets and they got no place to go, and so um, super thankful for what you guys do. We met Josh, this sounds familiar to some of you guys, because uh, we partnered with Josh and Alex two and a half years ago. Um, they were in Springfield, Missouri, um, but these guys are now moving to Orlando, and we're super, super thankful. Uh, tell them about the need. You do that in Missouri, and we, we've, if you were here two and a half years ago, you heard all the stories, and there's been so many other stories, so many different life changes happened in two and a half years. Tell them um, why the need is so great right here in Orlando. Absolutely. So um, drugs and addiction, it's every city, every place, all over the world. I don't believe it's uh, a pandemic, but epidemic, it, it goes everywhere, no matter where you're at. 
and it looks the same. We have um, a recovery house in Cape Town, South Africa. I've been there twice. I've sat with these men and women in there in the houses and walked through counseling, and the stories are the same, the brokenness, the bondage, uh, the losing family, the losing friends, loved ones. Well, we came here um, for the first time in July, two and a half years ago, and we saw the need here. Um, it's a beautiful place, but just like bigger cities, it's a dark place. So 108,000 people last year, according to the CDC, died from drug overdoses. Wow. 108,000. That's almost 300 a month. But 55 Floridians die every single year from drug overdoses. And the huge percentage of that takes place right in Orange County. So where we're at here in Orange County, within the last two years since we've been here, basically, fentanyl overdoses have went up 400%. And the city's trying to address it, but they're not trying to address it the right way. So the DEA administrator just put out that America's youth right now are overdosing at the highest rate in U.S. history. And it's happening right here in Orange County with wow. a lot of it. And they're going out there and they're going in the field and they have these little tests. And they say, hey, can we test your bag of dope, basically? And if there's no fentanyl in it, they give it back to them. They say, hey, it's okay, just use safe. Here's clean needles, here's resources. And, and they're trying to address it from a worldly perspective. They're doing the best they can. But we're not coming here to plan a freeway to address addiction. We're not trying to come here and get people sober. We want to give them the gospel of Christ because that's the only answer. Yeah. They don't need a habit change. They need a heart change. Come and on. that's Christ. Come on. And that's the only thing that can free them from that. So we are opening a house, which we just closed on uh, last week. Come on, let's thank God for yeah. that. God provided for that, and it's a one-year-long program, so men and women can come in, and they learn how to be a productive member of society. They get discipled one-on-one -on -one through somebody from the local church, uh, and it's 24-7. They're learning about Christ, how to get a job, how to put in job applications, how to leave the job the right way. That's something from our background we don't do right. Uh, I spent 14 years in addiction, and I did it. I did jail, rehabs, medication. You go to some places, and they give you more drugs to get off drugs. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> they need the gospel. That's it, bottom line. And that's the only thing that we want to offer them. We just told them when they come in, listen, your goal here is not to be sober. Sobriety is not success. A relationship with Jesus Christ is success. And once that relationship is there, then you're no longer a statistic like you see that the CDC is putting out. And that's where we believe that the bondage is broken with that. So you always hear the negative impact that a drug addict makes in the community. But what you don't hear is when a drug addict surrenders his life to Christ, is radically changed, and then goes make an impact, then becomes a dad again, a mom again, and sees that reconciliation and family yeah. and broken homes. Yeah. So one of the things I like about what you guys do, and you know, everybody does something, but what I love about you guys, I love the holistic approach. And you're going to, we're just trying to help individuals and we can try to help families. And um, cause that's one of the things that I've, I've learned just in studying this and having conversations with you and other uh, men and women who do what you do is that you can help a family um, or you can, you can help a person, but you, you really gotta help the whole family. Cause if you don't help the whole family, then the kid can go out and repeat. I'm guessing kids go out and repeat the same exact cycle. Um, I'm sure those numbers are growing. Probably the par part of the problem that we're seeing is because there's so much, um, you know, there's not a dad in the home or, you know, dad's out or mom's strung. So basically the kid is raising himself and they repeat the exact same pattern. Um, uh, the Lord has blessed them with some homes. I'm gonna share a little about that story in just a few moments, which is a really cool story, obviously. Um, but they just closed, you guys closed on one home or two, or two homes? Uh, to, so Sanford one and then our location. Yeah, so jo you oversee, you know, they moved here, you guys, and, the, and um, I, I believe this. I, God put a, a, a phrase in my heart a while ago to even share with you guys, but uh, where there's vision, there's provision. Where there's vision, there's provision. Um, but uh, they've closed on two houses and because um, they're going to put people in these, in these homes and in these houses. It's going to be incredible, you guys. And, um, and I believe that God's called us to partner with them and to go uh, hand in hand uh, with them. Um, 
tell these guys um, what the house looks like um, and what happens in the house, just like a short synopsis. Yeah, so just kind of a flower overview. Our houses, um, we call them discipleship houses. They're similar to what you would think of a sober living house or a halfway house. We don't call them halfway houses because we don't believe God does anything halfway. Come on. So That's it's good. a one-year commitment. And this is, we said, this is one year for the rest of your life. It's strict. We get in your business for the men, the women's house, it's the same. Um, you can only have a job Monday through Friday. You can't work evening shifts. We partner with local businesses to be able to hire people that have a background. Um, every night of the week, besides one night of the week, you are going to be either at a book study, a Bible study, discipleship, a freeway service, or a church. So we fill the time with good, godly, biblical-centered things, and also a biblical community, which is huge. Because when a lot of individuals graduate, not everyone, but a lot of them come in from broken homes. Their wives, their dads, their moms, they were their drug partners and using partners and crime partners. So they don't have a home to go back to after wow. that. That's you. That's the church that they come around. They get to celebrate Thanksgiving on and like that. So they have to do two random drug tests a month. Um, we have breathalyzers, any suspicion that they are using. Our biggest thing is there's zero relationships. So if I'm a guy and I'm in the house for the one year, if I text a girl, if I Facebook message a girl, I'm kicked out. Why we do that is because I relationships. Mean, some of you guys. Yes. Some of y'all picking the wrong people. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Relationships are the number one cause for relapse. And we said the only relationship you need to focus on is your relationship with Jesus Christ right now for this next year. And it's all in. And so they have a mentor from the church. They're held accountable. And they have classes where they get to be taught how to have a bank account, how to do finances, how to get out of debt, uh, how to be a parent, how to reconcile from your past, and how to make these amends, right? But we don't do it through steps. We don't, And we never try to tread on anybody's recovery, no matter what that looks like. It's... We believe that it's the Bible. They say, what's your manual? Well, why does the success rate work so greatly? It's because we use the word of God. I mean, that's it. We had the drug court judge for over 25 years in Greene County in Springfield, where he just came from. Her son came in our program because he went through all the secular treatments that they tried and none of them worked. And he's married and he leads one of uh, Freeway West in Springfield. Come on. Okay. Josh, you guys bought these houses, and that's awesome, and you guys are going to do incredible things, and uh, we, I always like to be in on things that I know God is going to do incredible things with, and um, I call it e eternal ROI, um, and so I like being a part of eternal ROI. Some people are, they have good means, they, they, they want to do something good, but they don't have the systems, or they, they got the systems, but I don't think they got the right heart about it, and so like, I just try to always look and pray and ask God to be a part, and so we've been a part of you guys uh, for two and a half years. And uh, we ran out of money. It's time for us to re-up with these guys. And, um, and we want to bring, bring you guys back on as one of our mission partners. And uh, so we're super, super excited to do that. And also, um, I, I texted Josh late last night. I was like, man, we can bring them on as a partner because they've been partners with us before. And uh, I always tell people, hey, we'll partner with you for two years. And then if you come back and ask us again, uh, we'll help you out again. And so most people never come back and ask us. And, um, and I just believe that God um, brought you guys back here uh, to this day for a specific reason. So we're going to bring you back guys on as partners. And uh, I'll text Josh lately. I was like, how much does it cost to, like, they have this house. Anybody ever bought a house before? Isn't that, like, awesome and it's so exciting? But isn't the worst part when you have to fill that house? Come on, somebody. Like, that's just, that part is miserable. And so I said, I texted him late last night. I was like, hey, how much does it cost to outfit one of these rooms? And he goes, it costs $2,300. And so I want to let you know that we're going to outfit one of those rooms for $2,300. And so we believe that God's going to do some incredible, incredible Thank you. Thank things you, with what God is going to do. Thank you. So thankful for you that you, you can be dismissed. Uh, don't go too far, okay, because we have one more service. And, um, hey, um, under the seat in front of you guys or behind you guys, you guys have seen this envelope. It looks like this. You've seen it all month long. It's our Heart for the House um, offering envelope. And we're going to take our Heart for the House offering. It happens next week. And all we really ask you to do is just to pray and ask God what part that you'll play in all this. 
And so you guys have heard from our local partner today. You've heard from a global partner today. Uh, you've seen some of the, a lot of you guys have been a part of this for the last four years, five years, or some of you guys have been here for seven years. And you've seen how the, you, you've seen eternal ROI throughout every, all these years and how God has done. And so all we've asked you to do is just pray and whatever God tells you to give, that's what we'll give. And so my wife and my kids, um, they'll pray and uh, they hate when we do the heart for the house offering because we'll go, hey, can we get ice cream? I go, no, I'm saving that money for the heart for the house offering. And, um, and so like my kids, they don't hate God or church. They just know, you know, God's first, you know? Um, and so it's like what um, Jacob said today, God is first and we wanna give God all the glory and everything out of the God, everything that God's done for us, our response. It happens next. And so um, we're just praying and believe that God's going to do something supernatural um, next, uh, next week. I used to always give a number. I'm like, all right, God, we're praying for this number, and we're going to pray for this number. And um, I realized that if you, some of the, what I learned in those first couple years, there were some people out there going, hey, I'm going to help us get to the number. And, um, and that's great. But I really think God wants to do something supernatural. And so I know whatever number I gave, someone could say, I, I can do that number. I can do that number. I can do that number. But would you just pray and ask God what part you'll play? And, um, and I believe um, that God will show you exactly what that looks like. Um, we believe this in, in Matthew, uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. The Bible says this, that the world of the generous, it gets larger and larger. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. And I don't know about you, but I want my world to get larger. I definitely don't want it getting smaller. And it says this, the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. I see so many stingy people with their world getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I realize it's because just, that's what the Bible says. If you, if you, if you bless others, you'll be blessed. So much to the point where it says, and the very next verse says this, the one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help other people, they're helped. And I just believe that. And um, Anna up here who sang with you guys today, I was her Sunday school teacher faithfully for three years. And uh, so all her success, I take all the credit for that. That's just where it's at. And her mom and dad are here today. I don't know what part they had in that, but I just feel like I, I helped her. You know, I feel like it was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. She has incredible parents. But I just feel like, man, I, want, I wanted to bless her. And, and full story, full swing later, 10, 15 years later, she's here and she blessed me this morning. And she's blessing our church and she's investing. In, and Anna brings a whole entire team and she really, all by herself, does all the food service for our dream team now, where they serve over 100 people every single year for the last three years. She brings a team of kids from her school, and they serve us. Because, and, and, and I hope, that, and, and when they're here, all those guys, that's where we've met some of these guys are up here. They're, hey, man, thanks for letting us do this. Hey, thanks for letting us do this. I'm like, man, you're blessing us. And so in turn, we want to we wanna bless them. If, you ever, if you've ever blessed somebody, you've been blessed before. It just feels good to bless. And, and if, you, if you've ever given, usually it feels good when you, when you give. And so all that, when that happens, it's just you're living out the scriptures. And I believe that God's calling us to have larger worlds. And so he tells us if we, if we do these things, this, this principle of giving, this principle of generosity, unimaginable things can happen. That he can do way more with what we have than what we can do with what we have. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but God's a better manager than you are. God's a better leader than you are. He's the giver of all good things. The Bible says that every good and perfect gift, it comes from above. And so our response should be, it should be the song that we sing. It should be gratitude. It should be gratitude. So I wanna read, I wanna read a pastor's scripture for you today, uh, really, really, really quickly. And then I'll give you a couple things that I think are gonna help you and I today. The Bible says in Luke chapter 17, verse 12, the Bible says this, as Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. So Jesus is on the move. And I just believe this, that God's called us to be a church that's on the move. One, one, why should we be on the move? Because Jesus himself was on the move. And last time I checked, the Bible says we should be like Jesus. 
He says, hey, I want you to be like me. I want you to follow me. Go out and make disciples and follow after me. Do what you saw me do. Say what you heard me say. That's what he wants us to do. And so Jesus is on the move. Throughout scripture, most of the time we see Jesus on the move. He's modeling that for us. So when we leave here today, we ought to go beyond the move. So here's what he says in this next verse. As he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance, and they were crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Leprosy. These are lepers, and I, I love uh, Kirk. Uh, this is my Uncle Kirk, the video that you guys saw. But Kirk, they serve in leprosy colonies. They're going where nobody wants to go. They're doing what nobody wants to do. They're, 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 I mean, they're sacrificing. You know, it's crazy to me sometimes where God says, hey, I just want you to go invest, or I want you to go in love, and I want you to go and serve. And it's hard for us to do that, but we got people going all around the world to hang out with the very, very, very least of these. I'm sure Josh will tell you when these guys come to, the, to these, um, these rehab houses, they don't smell like you smell. They don't got cologne like you got cologne. They're coming with not a whole lot to offer. And so we find ourselves in a story just like that today. Jesus is moving from town to town to town. There's these guys, they're, they're there, and they have this leprosy, they have this skin disease, and they're saying, Jesus, have mercy on us. Dude, help us. You know what they're saying to him? Please be generous to us. We've seen you serve people. We've seen you love people. We've seen you give to people. But could you do it one more time? Can, you, can we do what we saw you We do what we saw you do? The Bible says that he looked at them. And by the way, they're not close to Jesus. They're far away, and they're yelling as loud as they can. It's crazy to me that, that we, we can learn so much from Scripture, but when we're in desperate need, we should be yelling out to God as loud as we possibly can. I love those lyrics to that song. Come on, soul, don't you get... Don't you get tired on me, soul. Don't get weary. The Bible says don't get, don't get weary in doing well. And I, I, I know from personal experience, sometimes Jesus put that there for a reason because even when you're doing good, it gets, it's tiring. But you know what, I, you know what I notice also? When you're doing bad, it gets tiring also. I want my soul to be tired from doing good. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Glad Jason came to the church. <clears throat> Nobody else would clap. Jason, well, I'm good, we're good to go. But man, we should be, we should be people that are like, God, we need you. We need you. We're, we're crying out for you. You and I, by the way, in this story, sometimes I try to find out where we fit out in the story just so you know that you guys, all y'all, <laughs> you're the lepers in the story. And me too, me too. All of us, we should be crying out to God. So he says here, they're crying out, they're going, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. I love what Jesus, he looks at them, and he doesn't say, hey, here's mercy, here's generosity, here's grace. He just says, here, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Go show yourself to the priest. Hey, keep showing up to church. There's so many, there's so many practical implications. All those, hey, just keep on showing up. I know that things aren't going the way that things you wish they were going at home, but just keep on showing up at church. Keep on coming, get that message. Keep on serving. Keep on worshiping. Keep on giving. Keep on getting yourself around community. We're like, oh yeah, those guys in freeway ministry, they need to be in community. No, you need community. We, need, we all need community. Jesus made us community be in Genesis chapter one. The Bible says, let us, God's speaking in this triune God, this God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. He goes, let us make man in our image. Jesus himself is a community. He invites you and I also into community. And so in this passage of scripture right here, he goes, hey guys, I want you to go show yourself to the priest, go to church. Why do you think, by the way, just why do you think, don't answer out loud. Um, Jason, don't answer out loud. But why do you think that he went to, why, why do you think that he told me, hey, go to church? The reason why he told me to go to church is because he wanted to let him know, like, those guys in the church, they, they tried some stuff. They prayed for this man. And it, did, it didn't work. And what I would say to you, you need, you need the church, and you need community, but you, 
you can't make it a second without Jesus. Like, community is awesome. I, I love community. I mean, I love groups. If I could be in all the community groups, I'd be in all the community groups. The problem is that they, con- they, they conflict on the hours. No one loves community besides me. Maybe Barbara. Maybe likes community more than me. Besides Barbara, I, I, am, I love community because I know that something, so, much, so many things can happen inside of community. So he sends these 10 guys out, go to church, and the Bible says, and on their way, they were cleansed of leprosy. One more side note. I think sometimes you guys are coming to church because we're desperate or we go just because we're desperate. But I think something happens inside the car before you ever get inside the building. God's going, God, I think God's going, hey, I'm going to reward your faithfulness. I'm, I'm going to reward that step. So I want to encourage you. Don't, there, something happens here. I, I believe something happens here. I, I think the worship, all the stuff, the, all the environment, all the things that you guys like about this church, I think all that happens. But I think sometimes things happen in the car that you just, you're like, man, I, you can't pinpoint it, but it happens in the car. It happens on Saturday night when you go, you know what, I'm going to set my alarm clock, and I'm going to show up tomorrow morning. I believe God starts doing something. He does something when we're on the, when we're on the way. When we're, putting our, when we're putting our foot forward, something happens. The Bible says, they, and as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Verse 15, one of them, only one of them, there was ten, and one of them, only one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Just one. Only one, a, t- a tenth. Ironic, huh? Only a tenth of them came back. Only one out of the ten came back. And here's what he says. When he gets back to him, he comes back and he goes, praise God. Praise God. There, there, should, is there, a, there should be a praise on your lips. Sometimes worship leaders have to get us into it. They got to get us into it. It's not their job to get us into it. <laughs> the cross should get us into it. Anybody, anybody agree with me? Like, well, man, when, when Jesus went to the cross, that, that's enough to get you into it. That's enough to get you into serving and into giving and into community. Like, if Jesus went first. He goes, hey, I'm going to go first. I mean, talk about a bridge. Jesus laid down his life for us so that we could have a different life, so that we could go from death to life. He didn't save to make us good. He saved us so that we could be different and changed. He goes, I'm gonna go, I'll go, Jesus, when I go first, you don't got to, you don't got to get me into worship. Now, sometimes I have to lip sync it until I get there, but you just got to, on the way. You just got to start on the way. Come on, church. Come on, church. No, the cross should get us into worship. Salvation should get us into worship. So he says here in this, he, so he gets there, and like he's praising God, and he's like, that's not good enough. And the Bible says that he falls to the ground at Jesus' feet, and he thanked them for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jews and Samaritans didn't get along. Isn't that awkward? Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine Craig's, uh, I'm, I'm friends with Craig, and Craig and I are friends, and he's a trustee and leads group. Wouldn't it be weird if I was like, hey, Craig, thank you so much for leading the community group, and I just ran and got on my feet and on my hands. I'm like, thank you, Craig, thank you, Craig, thank you, Craig. You'd laugh at me, as silly as that is right now. Is that how it works at your house with your wife and your kids? Mine too. <laughs> um, no. But wouldn't, it, that'd be silly. But this guy's life was changed. He's like, my response is going to be worship. My response is going to be hallelujah. My response, praise God. And he gets on his hands and he's like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This man. Verse 17, Jesus asked, now this is where the tension happens. Jesus asked this man, didn't I heal 10 men? Like Jesus is like, I'm not, like I'm perfect. I didn't pass math, but let me just go ahead and check the math real quick. <laughs> Skip that class because nobody likes math. <laughs> I'm kidding, Caroline. Some people do. You're the, you're the 10th that likes it. Jesus says, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine at? 
Has no one returned to give glory to God except for this one foreigner, this one dude? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, there's some, there's some things in there that I was just kind of looking at that I'm like, there's, there's some tension pieces in there for me. But I just want to give you a couple, three things really, really quickly that I think maybe that we can, we can take with us out of this little text today. And, and, and it's this. It's, it's this idea of gratitude. I want to make sure gratitude gets in your soul today. Here's this first one. Gratitude is a character trait of the generous people. The generous people that I know, remember, we're trying to, this, this series is an invitation into a stratosphere called the generosity stratosphere, where you're going, hey, I want to live in the world, the world of generous, it's just a different kind of world. It's not the world of the, world of tithers, that's a world, but there's a world of generosity that it's just a whole nother world. I've kind of been kind of laying that out the last few weeks, but gratitude is a character trait of those who are, who are generous. He runs back to Jesus, goes, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. My question for you today, point number one, is when's the last time you ran to Jesus and just thanked him? Here's what I believe. If we can't thank Jesus, we're probably not thanking other people. If we can't thank Jesus, then we're, we're not thanking other people. Someone said to me yesterday, uh, I went to dinner with, one, with some of our team, and hey, pastor, thank you so much for the meal. I hung out with some guys yesterday morning. Hey, pastor, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Man, something happens when someone has gratitude, doesn't it? But I've noticed this about the people who live in this generosity sphere, that every single one of them, they have a gratitude. People that are always giving away are always thanking. It's really, really unique. I, I've given away, I've given away, and, and I, I thank the person I've given to. Come on, anybody go to Chick-fil-A and try to say my pleasure before they do? <laughs> what is wrong with me? I'm the only one who does that. Thank you so much for what you do. The lady's like, this is my job. I'm like, I know, thank you, thank you so much. Last night our server, his, his name was Bama. There's no destiny on that, Matt. There's no destiny on that. Bama's like, hey, I said, man, thank you so much. Hey, it was my, no, thank you, bro. You, you did a really, his job, he, we were coming, we paid him, he should be thanking us. We're going, hey, thank you for the way you served us so, so well. I've realized it's the gratitude, people. Gratitude is a character trait of those who are generous. Did you know, I, didn't, I wanted to make sure that you knew this before I got too far in the message. Did you know that everything you have, it, it came from God? I didn't know if you knew that. I know some of you guys are new to church. Some of you guys are new to giving. Some of you guys are new to serving. Everything you got, it came from God. Gratitude is a character trait of the generous. Here's the same thing. Gratitude, here's this, I love this one. Gratitude is a gift that you give. Gratitude is a gift that you give. Jesus healed this man, and he came back to give him gratitude. Jesus, thank you so much. Did Jesus have to heal this man, yes or no? No, he didn't have to. He was going somewhere. He was busy. I got a flat tire this week. I was so excited to take my kids out. My wife went to Black Friday shopping. I don't even know what she got, but she went. Why it took all day, I don't know. I'm working through all of it still. And I was like, oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go hang out, we're gonna go have a blast. We get in the car, flat tire. Not one person stopped to help me. You know why I was, I was mad about that, Matt. You wanna know why I was mad about that? Because I would stop and help somebody. <laughs> Isn't that silly? They don't know me. Why would they stop and help me? I realize everything I got has been getting from a God. Gratitude is a, is a gift that you give. No one stopped telling me, hey, I just wanted to, gratitude is a gift that you give. You have to give gratitude. If somebody would have stopped, like, hey, man, can I give you 20 bucks? Hey, would you, thank you so much. I, mean, I, I would have given them gratitude, but no one gave me. Gratitude is a gift that you give. Jesus healed this man, and he came back to give gratitude. I love that. He came back to bring, a, to bring his worship, to bring his sacrifice, to bring the giving, to do his part, to go all in. 
He did that for you and he did it for me. He came back and he brought the gratitude. And you and I, God's given us everything we got. We, we got to give God gratitude. It's a gift that you give. God doesn't have to be great. God doesn't have to, be, God doesn't have, to have gratitude for you. You should have gratitude for God. And there should be a response. Gratitude is a response of those who are generous. He healed this man. He came back to give gratitude. Here's a third one. And this one I think is, um, this one I, I really, really like this point. It's this. Gratitude generates generosity. I know. Not super profound. But here's what I've learned. When someone says thank you to me, I want to give again. Josh goes, hey, we just, Alex just said, I'm, I'm just going to come serve with you guys today. Nothing to get. We're just going to come, we just want to come and say thank you. Most missionaries that we come, they interview. Josh is just coming to say thank you to you. It, it, and my response was, hey, we're going to get involved. Like, we want to do more. Like, anytime someone says thank you, you want to give more. You want to, you want to continue to, to give. Anytime I, we come here every single, every single Sunday morning right after the welcome, hey, church, thank you for your generosity. It's allowing us to give meals and to serve people and to love people literally all around the world. I got an email yesterday from Second Harvest Food Bank. Because of your generosity, Hope Church, you guys give 400 meals every single month to people right here in Central Florida. Isn't that awesome? There's an organization called SALT. Original, I know. Some really good stuff in the Bible. Salt. And they just give people, they, just, they open up this facility, this mobile shower unit, and they just give people opportunity to get a clean shower. Isn't that, doesn't that seem unnecessary? No, it doesn't. It sounds unnecessary to you and me because we all have showers. But they just go there and they just, they get a shower. They get a cup of coffee. They help them find their, and they, they help them find their ID. They go, social security card, all the things that you need, help them figure out how to get cell phones from the government. They go to get help. Gratitude, it generates generosity. So this is, this is unique here to me. I thought this was really cool. So I was in bed last night and I started looking up different translations of this same text. I'm like, there's gotta be more to it. And it's easy to go, wow, look at that, it's incredible. God, look what God did. Man, look at the generosity. But the Bible says to this one guy, he comes back. One guy came back. Only one guy came back, we got that. And Jesus goes, no one returned. And Jesus said to that man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now, it doesn't say that the faith for the other guys, it healed them, because only, only one guy came back. We only have record of this one guy. Here's, what I, here's my attention point for you today. And here's, what I, here's what I feel like God wanted me to say to you. I don't think that the generosity was that God healed them. I don't think it happened there. I think the generosity happened when their gratitude happened. Because here's that point right there, one, one more time, if you have it, David. Gratitude, it generates generosity. Those guys didn't get to come and hang out with Jesus. We're reading this in real time. It's one verse. Those, how, how long was this guy there with Jesus for? We don't really know. We, it's one verse. That makes sense. Like one verse, he, Jesus said, hey, go. Your sins have healed you. Go. But I, I, I like to think that he got to hang out with them for a little while. And Jesus goes, those guys thought that was generosity. That was just me having mercy on them. And I think that young man, God opened up a whole nother level of generosity in that one man's life in that day. The gratitude generated the generosity. He got to hang out with Jesus. I don't want you to think for one moment 
that when you give and when you serve, like that's the end all. Hopefully when you give and serve at the end of all that, you're like, man, I got to experience Jesus. Hopefully you don't think today that when you show up to worship today, you're like, oh, well, I got to worship Jesus. We're, I, got to, I got to sing today. That was, that was it. Hopefully you, hopefully you get more out of when you lift your hands up and when you worship God. I want to invite us all to stand to our feet today. While your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed for just a moment, would you just take a moment right where you're at? And would you thank God for all he's done for you? We've, that's all. Man, we want, you, we want to have an attitude of gratitude. We want to move into another level of generosity. We want to move into another stratosphere of, of generosity from God and to God. Just take a moment where you're at and would you be thanking them? Thank them. Like, it should take you the rest of our time together today and to, into tomorrow and into next Sunday to thank them for all the things that he's done for you. But just take a moment right where you're at and begin to thank them. Thank them for your health. Thank him for his mercies. Thank him for his goodness. Thank him for his provision. Thank him that he, that he healed you. Hey, here's an idea. Why don't you thank him for the accident that you didn't get into? Why don't you thank him for all the things that he's done for you? Thank you for the, the cancer that you didn't get. Why don't you thank him for that flat tire that you actually have a car? Begin to thank him today. Begin to thank him. Just keep on praising him today. We're gonna lift these words up to this song, but you keep thanking God. Just thank him. Just keep on thanking him all across the way. Let's be an attitude of gratitude in the house. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.